You're listening to episode 17 of the Teacher Innovator Podcast. In this episode, we are giving you the four steps you need to reawaken your passion for teaching. Hi, I'm Jamie Hand, Innovation Learning Coach, and I'm a part of a group of innovative educators who are looking to transform the way our students learn and in the process, rediscover our joy of teaching. This is the start of a new conversation about meaningful innovation that authentically transforms the way we teach. Innovation is not something we do, but rather is a way of being. We are teacher innovators, and there has never been a more exciting time to be an educator. I'm glad you're here. in the introduction. In this episode, we are talking about reawakening your passion for teaching. And I'm going to walk you through our four steps on how you can spark, reawaken, ignite your passion for teaching. Because let's be honest, we all know as educators that it requires passion in order to do our job well. Not only passion within ourselves, but then how do we spark that passion in our students? And we've talked about previously in other episodes that it all starts with you as the educator. In fact, many of our recent episodes have been about how you can help make changes within yourself so that you can be the best you so that you are the best educator for your students. So we are going to walk you through our four steps of how you can reignite or reawaken your passion for teaching because I totally understand and get in these unprecedented times that we don't know what the fall is going to look like. The fall, August, September is coming closer and closer. And a lot of what I've seen from school districts put out is there's lots of vague type of plans in place because policymakers, they don't know what to do. Parents don't know what to do. As educators, we don't know what to do. We are all learning together as we're going. And we've talked about ways to manage this if you are feeling anxiety or stress around this. Um, We've talked about some tools like journaling that can help you work through this. So in these four steps, though, we're going to help take you through what you can do to create the type of school year you want to see for your students. So we are going to show in these four steps what you can do to help make this school year be a productive and amazing year for you and your students. Okay, so let's dive into the steps. Step one is rediscover you. And this goes along with everything that we've been talking about. You have to know your own strengths and talents. What sparks joy for you? What do you enjoy doing? And this can even be outside of the classroom. We've talked a lot about this summer taking the time to explore and play. 
and you need to understand what does bring you joy because this helps lift you as a person. And when you are enjoying things that you like to do, you're raising your own spirit. So really evaluate. And this is where we've talked about journaling. So that would be a great way, a great place where you could write this out is what do you like to do? What sparks joy? What are your talents and gifts? But then also reflecting on what are your life values? What do you treasure the most? What is important to you? Is it family? Is it spirituality? Is it um, service to others? Is it freedom? What does that look like for you? And what type of values are important to you? Now, this is going to look different to each person because, as you know, we are all unique individuals. So your values may be different from someone else's, and that's okay. Even as educators and teachers, we may have a different order of value. For example, I've learned over the last couple of years that sparking joy and creativity are some of my top values. So that may not be a top value for you, but I know it is for me. So that's why I make room in my own life for things that I enjoy. And I do that through the use of creativity and trying new things. So that may look different for you, but what are your values? What's important to you? So step one is rediscovering you because as we said, it all starts with you. Once you are the best version of you as possible, then that trickles out to our students, to their families, to our coworkers, to our administrators, to our community. It is a ripple effect. And while we can't control those outside sources, we can't control the people around us, we can't always control our students, but we can control ourselves. And when you understand yourself, and what brings you joy, then you can radiate that out. Okay, so that's step one. Step two, create your teacher vision. So this is taking some time and actually writing out what would you like to see happen in your classroom. Now take everything else aside. Don't worry about social distancing. Don't worry about any sort of health or safety. Just picture in your head, what would the ideal classroom situation look like for you? How would that feel? How would your classroom feel to you as the educator? How would it feel to your students? How would you design the school day? If you can make the perfect school day, what would that look like? What type of learning experiences do you think would be best for your students? Now, once again, don't get caught up in trying to think about the standards or um, everything else you need to do and get done for your administrator. We're not talking about that right now. Right now, we're talking about your ideal teacher vision. If you could create your own perfect school day, how would that feel to you? How would that feel to your students? Take a few moments and just in your journal or piece, grab a piece of paper and just write out 
what would you like to see? If you could design the school year, how would that look? How would that feel? And so we're using our imagination here. It's okay to think outside of the box. And this is an exercise to help us get out of that box so that we can start creating new ways, new methods that do help our students. But first we have to have that space to create. There's no wrong way to do this. So don't get caught up in the details. Don't get caught up in being realistic. Just grow, go big with it. See what happens when you just jot out your ideas. Okay, so that's step two. Step three, step into your personal power. Now, when we're talking about personal power, I'm not talking about your power over controlling others, but rather your inner power. Now that in step one, you've determined what your values are and what your talents and gifts are, now we have the confidence to make our own decisions and choices. Yes, as an educator, you do have some choices already made for you by your administrators and uh, your school boards, but in our classrooms, we have many of our own decisions and our own choices to make. You are in control of your life. As you reevaluate your values, you may see that they are not aligned with your current job situation. That may come up. Now, I can't advise you on, you know, having to look for a new teaching job or anything like that. And I'm not saying you have to quit the job you have. But stepping into your personal power means you believe and are confident in making your own decisions and choices. You can set boundaries. For example, with parents, I know some educators do not give out their personal cell phone numbers. And that is setting a boundary. That is, I am there for my parents. I am there to help my students' parents. But there are boundaries in place. Or for example, I know in virtual learning, some teachers said, okay, these are my office hours. I am available, but this is the best time to reach me right away. So you are setting up those boundaries for the other, whether it's parents, administrators, wh whoever it may be, you are setting the boundaries of, okay, I am here, I am available, but this is what is best. And it's okay to say no. I know a lot of times as teachers and educators, we are people pleasers. We want to always say yes. And I definitely learned this in my first year of being an art teacher where I don't know, <laughs> I don't know where this idea came from, but just because I was an art teacher did not mean I was great at painting murals. And the very first school I was at, they kept asking me to paint these murals. And because I was a new first year teacher, I felt kind of pressured to say yes. But then I realized, wait a minute, no, I am not a mural artist. And so I realized it was okay to say, no, um, that is not my talent, but let's reach out into the community and see if we can find a mural artist that would be willing to either donate time or we could have a company help donate paint so that we could get the mural done. So just because you need to say no doesn't mean 
it's saying no to the idea. So when you're stepping into your personal power, it's okay to say no. It's okay to set boundaries. Remember, we want you to be the best you. And sometimes saying no to something that is not aligned with our values is what's best. Now, if it comes down to it where there is a big conflict between your administration and your personal values, then that is a decision you have to make. And I realize with everything that's going on in our world right now, it kind of feels like things are out of control. And so this is where if we take back the personal power and are conscious of the choices we can make, we can't control other people. We can't control how other people are going to react, but we are responsible for the choices we are making in our life. So while you can't control all the parents, you can't control your administrators, you can control your choices, your decisions, and your reactions to that. So stepping into our personal power doesn't mean we're out conquering everyone else, but rather it's taking responsibility in our own decisions, our own choices, and believing in what you're doing, being confident in the choices you are making, and realizing it's okay to say no and set boundaries. So step four is innovate the learning experience. Now, as I said, many school districts right now are throwing out different ideas of what school may look like for the fall. And while we can't control whether it may be virtually or live in the classroom or a hybrid mix of both, but you as the educator, it doesn't matter whether your students are virtually or in the classroom because you are designing the learning experience that fits the needs of your students. Now, you may not know your students yet, and that's okay. But when you get that roster list or you get to meet your students, you get the choice then to design that learning experience for your students and their families. More important than ever is you are going to need to build that relationship not only with the student but with their family so that we can be a team together and design the learning experience. Now you are the lead designer, so you are designing what that learning experience is gonna look like. And if it's virtually, it's gonna look different than if it's in the classroom. But either way, you are designing it to fit the need of your students. It's not to have a fancy Google Classroom or to have a Bitmoji Classroom Google slide. It is to fit the needs of your students. So wherever your students are at, you are going to have to meet them there and design the learning experience from that. Remember, learning is a process or journey. It's always changing and always evolving. I think that's one thing that this year, 2020, is teaching us is that things change. Things happen outside of our control. And yes, while there are 
we are responsible for our own decision, our own choices. There are things that happen that we don't have control of. And so we have to learn to go with the flow and to change. We can't keep doing the same lesson plans that we've done for the last 10 years. Those old lesson plans, and I'm not saying you have to throw everything out, but it is going to look different this year. So you may have to adapt or change. If you have a favorite lesson or unit, yes, you can still do it, but how can you use it to meet the needs of your students that are in your class today or that are going to be in your class this coming year? So learning is not static. Learning evolves. I like to think of it as a journey. And we've talked about this before, just because you graduate high school or college, that doesn't mean the learning stops. We keep learning. So as the educator, we have to be aware that the learning experience, yes, it is most likely going to look different this year. But how can you still meet the needs of your students? How can you help your students develop and discover their own unique gifts and talents? How can you help them shine their light while still building the knowledge and skills that they need? Okay, so to go over the four steps again quickly. One, rediscover you. What lights you up? What are your life values? Step two, create your teacher vision. And this, remember, we're talking about go big with your vision here. Don't get caught up in the limitations that we have. Go big. Use your imagination. What would it look like if you could have the ideal, perfect classroom and school day? Step three, step into your personal power. Believe in what you're doing. Be confident in making your own decisions and choices. You are in control of your life. And it's okay to say no and set boundaries. And then step four, innovate the learning experience. Learning is going to look different. So we need to adapt, try new things, new methods to meet the needs of our students that are in our classrooms today. And how can we help our students shine their own light while building knowledge and skills? Coming up, we have our first Teacher Innovator Workshop where we will be diving deeper into these four steps so that you can reawaken your passion for teaching. Check out the link in our show notes to find out more information and how to register and claim your spot for this no charge training. All right, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you found this episode of value, please leave a five-star review as that helps us reach more teacher innovators like you. And until next week, happy innovating.